Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. So financial technology, or fintech as it's known, is the intersection of financial services and technology, just as it it sounds. Um, But it really is the more so than just technology generally it's those sort of technological advancements that have come about in the last decade or so so as we think about mobile technology and the digitization of finance and so all of those um, and the social aspects of technology and how all of those things have come together with financial services both on the consumer side and on the institutional side so as we think about things like mobile payments um online lending, uh, digital currency and cryptocurrency, all of those are things we think of as falling in the big bucket of fintech. Financial services touches every part of our economy, right? There's no other aspect of our economic system that, that doesn't rely on banking and capital markets and insurance, right? The broad set of financial services. Um, and the same is true for people to varying extent. So as we think about FinTech, it's really about how we make the broad set of financial services for both individuals and for businesses more efficient, more transparent, um, cheaper, how they leverage data in ways that help the the consumer. And part of the ethos of FinTech as it really sort of grew up after the financial crisis was thinking about how to make financial services uh, cheaper and more effective for those on the lower end of the income spectrum. Um, so unbanked, underbanked, financially vulnerable people. Um, and so that's been a lot of where uh, fintech efforts have been uh, oriented. Um, but broadly, I mean, it really does affect the entire financial services system and all of its users. There's been uh, numerous discussions that I have participated in and, and others around uh, policymaking and financial technology and how to help people weather the economic storm that we find ourselves in and that I imagine will persist for quite some time. Um, one of the things we talk about are mobile payments, right? Just the, the ability to pay for things without using cash. Um, and in the case of the coronavirus, right, those mobile payments now enable us to not have yet another vector for transmitting the virus. So to the extent you can pay for things online, deposit checks without leaving your home, those are all uh, innovations that FinTech brought around. Um, and as we think about real-time payments and the ways you know, the, the companies and services we're able to use that connect with our banks that enable us to get our money faster, and that's so important as we think about the government stimulus package and getting checks to people for so many uh, Americans, I think the last estimate I saw was 70 million, right? They are going to be waiting for a paper check to arrive in the mail um, instead of having that money be delivered instantly either to their bank account or to some fintech innovation like a, a PayPal or a Venmo or some of those kinds of, of things. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about how real-time payments and how some of these fintech delivery mechanisms could help speed up the stimulus. And the same is true for small business loans, right? How could we leverage some of these new fintech or online lenders and the speed with which they're able to do underwriting and deliver money straight into people's accounts to help get those small business loans out into the communities that need them as fast as possible. Uh, And then even, you know, 
I think a little bit further down the line, there's been a lot of talk in the fintech community about central bank digital currency or CBDC. And as we think about a digital dollar, um, how might that sort of impact the speed with which we're able to deliver stimulus or people are able, able to pay their workers or people, um, other businesses in the supply chain? So there's a lot that fintech can do today and a lot of potential uh, for what fintech can do to help with circumstances like the ones we find ourselves in today. I have always believed that it's important to be able to bring different perspectives to hard uh, social problems. So a private sector perspective, a public sector perspective, an academic perspective, um, and is part of what drove me to go into government and public service. And it's something I've always been interested in. Um, and my time in government was such a wonderful privilege and I learned so much and was so honored to be able to serve the American people. Now outside of government, um, it's really been a joy to, to leverage my role at the university and help bringing policymakers and, for the most, and fintech entrepreneurs together, especially as we think about COVID and, and the economic ramifications there. Um, but so much of it really ends up coming down in my mind to relationships, right? And there's lots of faculty at the Ford School who have this wide variety of relationships. So you're able to, you know, just recently I introduced um, the task force leaders on COVID in one governor's office to the task force leaders on COVID in another governor's office, and they were able to to share some best practices and, and ideas. Nope, sorry, let me, um, but um, they were able to, to leverage ideas and, and collaborate um, on a number of the initiatives they were working on. Um, and similarly, I've been able to, to bring together some private sector actors with some policymakers to think about creative solutions. So there's lots of ways to stay engaged, whether you're writing op-eds or research papers, just sort of being a connector. Um, you know, and I think it's so important that people, um, whether or not you've had government experience, are able to do that. And then I'd say, you know, we, Dean Barr and I have this Central Bank of the Future project where we are principal investigators together and we're thinking about what central banks around the world will look like in 50 years and what changes might those institutions make so that financial inclusion is more at the core of their mission. Um, and obviously, you know, that project, we were doing a lot of travel and engaging with central bankers and policymakers. Um, from around the world, and so a lot of that has had to move to online as well. But I would say, you know, the engagement we've had around that project continues to be tremendous. We just had did a uh, a call for proposals that had a deadline of sometime last week, um, and we've got you know dozens of proposals from around the world um, in our call for proposals for that project. So people are still finding ways to to engage in this uh, project that he and I have. So I'm currently teaching uh, two courses at the Ford School. Um, one is called Intro to FinTech and the Future of Financial Services, which is really meant to be a broad look at what financial services is, how it's evolved since the financial crisis and with the introduction of mobile technology and, and digital money. Um, and it, we really spend a lot of time doing deep dive into topics like artificial intelligence and financial services regulation and, and financial technology in the U.S. and around the world, um, what the future of financial technology looks like, consumer financial health. We, we really cover a lot of things um, in that course, and it's a lot of fun. And I've got mostly Ford students, but I get students from across the university 
um, and a lot of international students. So it really makes for a wonderful and rich dialogue. And my other course is called FinTech Entrepreneurship. And the goal of that course is to help students develop a FinTech uh, business idea and develop it all the way so that they could walk out of the class at the end of the semester ready to launch. So how do you come up with an idea? How do you pitch it to investors and get funding? How do you draw budgets? How do you build a team? How do you scale the company? How do you think about regulation? Really provide students with, with the roadmap um, for building a fintech venture of their, of their own after the semester ends. Um, and that similarly has, has students from across the university and a good international presence in it as well. So we have a lot of fun thinking about those ideas and, and the students I think really enjoy helping one another develop their business ideas. You know, the thing that I found really useful is just um, being honest with the students about how challenging this is for everybody. I mean, I think you want to both provide a place of, of comfort for them or an example of comfort and an outlet and a resource for them as they're experiencing all the turmoil that comes from our, our current circumstances. Um, but also let them know that they're not alone in experiencing these, these challenges. Um, so what I've really tried to do is, is make myself even more available to students, not just to talk about class and the substance of the material that we work on week to week, um, but also to talk about internships and careers and sort of just adulting um, and, and how we're all navigating that together in these odd times. And I found uh, the students have been really, really receptive to that and, and open to doing that with each other, which I think is, is tremendous. Um, so, I, you know, it's been really inspirational for me to see the, how the administration and the, the faculty and the staff um, have reacted to, to recent events, but certainly the students, I found a lot of inspiration uh, in them as well, which is uh, it's just a great experience to be able to have given all that's going on. As I said, I've been in financial services my whole career, from working with incumbent financial institutions, then on the policymaking side, and then starting my own fintech company. Um, and I really wanted, you know, a bit of a, a different pace. And I've always loved mentoring um, and and working with young people around a variety of different things around their careers, you know, and around financial services. Um, and Dean Barr and I knew each other from the Obama administration. So I had mentioned to him and, and some of our mutual friends that I was looking for something else to do or some, you know, thinking about my next chapter. And, and he suggested uh, coming to the university and teaching and working with him on the central bank project. And it was just a perfect fit. Um, so, you know, I thought about teaching before, but he really provided uh, the avenue for me to be able to explore it as a possibility and, and has given me the room to really dive in with the material um, that I've got, which has been just a, a wonderful opportunity for me. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.